I, I definitely feel that isolation. Talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. She told me that I should change my career goal. We're only doing science to take care of our community. You need to feel 100% prepared for sharing your knowledge. Um, there's never been a road that someone has shown me. If no one do it, it's okay if you want to do it. Well, I had a 2.5 GPA. How do I overcome this? First gen come grade, I was the class low. Higher education is for them. It will empower them. They will have a Present fun time. Present myself they will in a way that well. I feel that people would be able to to really acknowledge who I am and like we need to retain them be you you know like stop trying to mold yourself to fit. it's not just about the science it's about how we vote you know how we treat people who are different to us you know how we try and get the best out of people those things are really important when I graduate from our program I will be the first African-American male to ever have matched and graduated as a surgeon at this institution as a general surgeon which in 2021 just seems ridiculous to me. What's up, y'all? It's your host, JP Flores, and welcome to From Where Does It Stem? <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Um, I did my undergrad at Princeton, where I majored in ecology and evolutionary biology. And um, a lot of people think it's just like animal or like non-human animal center, but I actually spent a lot of my research and academic coursework focused on um, infectious diseases in human populations. Um, and so that's what uh, sparked my interest in the infectious disease epidemiology program at Harvard. I did my two-year master's I'm currently in the PhD program. Um, and at Harvard, I focus on applying quantitative methods to add to existing um, infectious disease monitoring, um, outbreak and endemic disease reports. And so much of my research is really based in settings where data collection is challenging and among communities where data collection and attention is somewhat neglected. Um, I worked on an, a range of diseases in my long career. Um, undergrad, I focused a bit on meningitis. And then recently in my master's, um, I started work on malaria, continuing to do work on malaria. Um, also did a project in measles. And then now I've really pivoted my attention to COVID-19. Um, yeah, and then just I try to navigate my role as a modeler epidemiologist by kind of bridging our understandings of social factors and context into these quantitative models of infectious disease spread and reporting. So that's, that's that. And then a fun fact, I like to dabble in accents and I love Spanish and French language soap operas on Netflix that's and other, awesome. other sites. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yes. Do you, can you uh, give us you and your accents? A sampling of an accent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something well, simple. I knew you were ask. <laughs> um, I can, I'll do my British one. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So I really, I've started working on my British one a long time ago. And when I went to England, actually, I was able to fool somebody at the Tesco Express. She was like, what is this? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not from England. I'm from the United States. And she was like, what? Oh, you got me. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. I mean, I've really been working on it. So that's me. 
<laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah are, are you originally from LA because um thank you <laughs> like, I feel like LA people can't do accents you're not from LA are you like yeah. you grew up here <laughs> not even <laughs> um okay <laughs> so I yeah I've spent I've lived a majority of my life here in LA um with my okay. mom um but I have spent a few summers and a couple semesters in Nigeria where my dad, he works at an international institute as a maize breeder. Um, so I, I spent some time in Nigeria and it's an international institute. People, there are people from Nigeria as well as from so many other countries in Africa and Europe and Asia and so many different countries. So that's like kind of gotcha, yeah, gotcha. where the accents started. Very cool. Yeah. Yes. We kind of met through uh, Midas, uh, the Midas Network, and I had the opportunity to uh, partake in the diversity conference mm. that um, y'all host. Can you tell the audience more about Midas and, and this diversity conference, your role, and uh, why, I guess, you throw this event? Yeah, of course. Just a quick caveat. I'm a student um, member of Midas, but I'm in no way involved in like the Midas organizing team. Um, but I can just give a quick description of MIDAS. So it's the Models of Infectious Disease Agent Study, and it's a consortium that's aimed at connecting researchers in the infectious disease sp modeling space. Um, and so they offer webinars, they have an annual meeting, um, they facilitate data sharing efforts, and they have a range of programs. Um, and so uh, we worked with them, a couple of us at the Center for Communicable Disease Dynamics at Harvard, uh, reached out to them because they have been in collaboration previous years, been hosting similar outreach conferences. So we decided that we wanted to do something of that nature this year, but with the online format and then more interactive in nature. So uh, we reached out to them and we organized this whole um, event. And so like I was saying, really why I was so motivated to work on this project specifically is because um, as we've seen during the pandemic, sometimes a lot of the conversations folks have or some of the news and some of the, the, the scientific discourse may not be accessible to people outside of academia or just outside of the upper echelons of academia. So we just wanted to offer the opportunity for students to just really engage in the topics and methods that we've seen and we talk about and we work on. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. It was an amazing event. And the other Occidental student uh -huh. that participated, Mika, is yeah. now going to Tufts for a master's oh. in uh, infectious disease. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I love to hear that. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. <laughs> like right next um, door. Yeah. Yeah, right. Anyways, um, I, I was curious, how has the pandemic affected your research and affected just your overall work? Yeah. So um, kind of like I was mentioning before, I, I've somewhat shifted much of my research to be COVID-centered. Um, so... I've been in working on different collaborations and projects, mainly focused on um, improving our awareness of internationally imported and local case trajectories when they're under reporting constraints. Um, in some African countries, we did one, two projects. Um, and then also how to explicitly consider racial and ethnic dis disparities in these trajectories within the US. 
Um, so, I mean, in many ways, I the say I have the same research objectives and like overarching research interests, but now it's just focused on COVID. Um, yeah, gotcha. and um, and I've I haven't really I've also spent a lot of time thinking about you know COVID related inequities and missing data on social disparities during the pandemic um, with like respect to vaccination coverage, for example, um, and how this data could help us better understand these inequities. Very cool. And, and it's so interesting because with all of these social justice uprisings that have been going on this year, it, it's awesome seeing that intersectionality between mm -hmm. the science and, and sociology mm -hmm. of it all. Yeah. Um, but away from the science now, uh, would you mind painting a picture of who you are mm -hmm. and how were you raised and, and what your upbringings were like? Um, uh, so I've lived a majority of my life in LA, like I was mentioning before, but I have, um, I say majority of my life, like I've had many years of my life, but here we are <laughs> anyways. And, um, I've also lived a bit in Nigeria in an international setting. Um, so I kind of have an international oriented perspective because of this grounded in LA where, um, I live with my mom and she's a chemistry professor. Because of this, I find myself somewhat privileged in the sense that because I have a mom who is an academic, she's been able to guide me so much throughout not just my undergrad experiences, but up until now in the present and navigating all the different challenges and issues and just general life as a graduate student and working in an academic space. I am Ethiopian American, so that's also part of my identity. Um, and yeah. That's awesome. Uh, a lot of people talk about, I guess, finding their quote unquote tribes, communities. Um, I, I was wondering what your, your support systems were like uh, mm -hmm. growing up and how integral that has been um, for you, especially in STEM. There are some racial disparities there. Um, mm -hmm. What were your experiences like going through your STEM journey and mm -hmm. what role um, did this support? Kind of have you? That's a really good question. I would say that I, I don't have like one defined tribe apart from like the main tribe of my mom and her support. Um, but because of, you know, what I was telling you before about my experiences living here mainly, but also living in Nigeria, and then I've like experienced different types of school settings, um, I've kind of been able to mesh with different communities. But uh, what you were mentioning about being from an underrepresented group in STEM, in undergrad, I tried to specifically connect with organizations that are centered on um, underrepresented minorities, specifically African-American and African-American women. Um, and so I felt that that support system is really crucial because I went to a predominantly white institution um, and so there, are, there are so few of us, so these programs are so instrumental. Um, yeah, and then I think that was a really good foundation for me before I then transitioned into Harvard. I still think that's so cool how you can just say like, I go to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so wild. It's so wild. <laughs> I just like whenever I have my ID card in public places, I'm just like fanning it so people can see yeah. the Harvard card. <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure like your Harvard email is probably nice to have too. Oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, I can definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but anyway, anyways, have you had to, I guess, sacrifice anything to get to where you are now? And do you have any regrets? If not, that's fine. But um, I, I thought that this was a, a pretty good question to ask, just in case there was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think um, in terms of, I think just talking about like mental health and like how I've struggled with my role as an African-American woman in space where people like me are rarely represented. Um, and so I've just contending with this and working through this and grappling with this and then trying to um, present myself in a way that I feel that people would be able to really acknowledge who I am and like m working so extra to to just package myself in this way I felt like somewhat has affected my mental health um, and um, just always trying to work, 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 improve myself. And yeah, so I, that's just something I've just been working through. Um, and, and right now just also trying to juggle like what I feel is my responsibility right now as an infectious disease epidemiologist. And as a student, a young person working with these issues that we see um, and really bringing a voice to them in our research community. Um, and but also not trying to go too much into that and feel as if I need to carry that fully myself. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's so wild to me how um, underrepresented students in STEM also resonate with that. And a common question that I usually get from younger peers is, um, do you have any advice for me? So uh, what advice would you give, I guess, yourself or, or mm -hmm. younger students um, that is historically underrepresented? Um, what, what advice would you give them early on in their career or what would you tell yourself early on in your career? Yeah. Well, I would say, I think really making a point of identifying your mentors and what you said about your community. Um, so having specific people or groups you can reach out to um, with not just the academic related questions, but also all of the different social issues that you face daily um, and being able to have this space to, to, to talk to people about this, um, whatever community you're able to find. And then also I would say kind of related to my previous answers, like not allowing people to dictate. I mean, this is a very like general piece of advice and it's kind of like, I'm still learning how to not do this, but um, not letting people dictate how you view yourself because that um, really takes away your time and your energy from really being able to present yourself fully in your work. I guess those would be my two main piece of advice. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's wild because um, no one's perfect at this, right? I, I don't even think the giants yeah. in any science field has this stuff figured out. I think that needs to be acknowledged more that, you know, the people mm. don't have the answers. Yeah. Like, like advice is different and experiences are different. <laughs> That's true. It's a good point. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we just talked about more of like, I guess, um, bottom up approach where as individuals, as students, like I'm an incoming PhD mm -hmm. student, you're a current PhD student. Those are our ideas of like, uh, giving advice. My next question is more top down. Uh, how do you think we can diversify STEM and implement full inclusion initiatives okay. that uh, better support these students? Put yourself mm -hmm. as like the president of Harvard. I know it's a big question, <laughs> yeah. but do you have any like yeah. ideas? <laughs> 
That's okay. I'll put myself in those shoes. Um, so, okay. Let's see. Um, I would say similar to what our goal was for this conference, involving students really early on with the methods and the research that, and I'm talking specifically about infectious disease modeling, but I, I believe it can scale to any other area. Talking more generally about efforts to involve students really early on. It can even start at the high school uh, stage, but really primarily focus on undergrads um, when you start to actually delve into some of these subjects um, more in depth. But broadening the awareness um, and active participation in these methods and in these topic areas, I think is really important because um, then it can, so I'm sure so many different students are aware about infectious disease modeling, but perhaps not necessarily aware about how it's used and through what methods and through what approaches. Um, and so having different opportunities to allow students to access information about the field and to actually apply the topics, I think is really instrumental. Um, so that's what I'd say there in terms of recruitment, but it's like two parts. It's the recruitment and then it's the retention. Um, and so with retention, I think it's really important that these efforts kind of just don't immediately taper off like three months into a student's journey um, and are regularly updated, reprioritized. There's a program at our school, uh, it's called, um, I don't remember the exact name, but essentially what it serves to do is to have a regular meeting space for students in the program who are master's students and then um, who plan to be doctoral students to learn about the resources that the school offers, um, how to apply to the doctoral program. Really important because it's a regular meeting, meeting space. Um, so yeah, I would, I would emphasize the um, retention aspect as well. Definitely. Like recruitment and retention, those are, those are the biggest things and, and more right. so retention because you can recruit all you want and right. improve diversity uh, and improve the compositional diversity. Uh -huh. But what about the inclusivity? <laughs> it does, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is yeah. a very good point. Yeah. And then I don't, I also want to say like, it's not just the onus of the students to find these programs. It's also the culture in the community, allowing mm -hmm. for everyone in the community to regularly engage with these issues so that the, that the culture can be more conducive to supporting all students. Um, it's a very broad thing, but I mean, it's a very important issue, I think. Yeah, definitely. Thank mm -hmm. you, President Tiggy. Appreciate that. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, what advice would you give uh, to these students pursuing the path that you took, infectious disease modeling, um, and I guess just trying to navigate life in general? Like, I know this is, uh, you kind of touched on this when I asked the advice question. Yeah. But now more for your path. Mm. Like, is there anything you suggest? Is there, are there any tips and tricks that you think should be shared for someone trying to pursue a career in uh, infectious disease modeling and such? Yeah. Um, okay. So I would say, I mean, to everyone would have a different experience, but at least for me, undergraduate, I was given the support through my school to identify 
research opportunities during the summer that were, for example, um, I read this paper, I, I spent my first summer working with a professor for a course and that course where I fell in love with infectious disease modeling. I was just like hard eyes every day in that class. Um, but then I just was like, okay, you know, can I just work for you and just do whatever research um, during the summer? And he said, sure. And then he assigned me um, a postdoc and she helped guide me through the literature and helped me become more familiarized with some of the um, techniques that they were using. And um, so then I read this paper, it was about like vaccine refusal and integrating vaccine hesitancy in um, models. She, so I read this paper that was kind of like a canonical paper on digital epidemiology um, and using digital epidemiology to inform our understanding of vaccine um, acceptance. And so I just emailed the first author of that paper who's in Geneva at this campus biotech. Um, and I said, oh, you know, I wanna do my thesis research. Can I go to your lab? And so then the school was able to support me. And then I went to his lab and was able to do research there. And I, I just like all these research connections, I think making an effort to um, identify specifically what you're interested in and then um, engage with various individuals at different levels um, in the academic space who are involved in that um, and really formulate for yourself what your specific research interests are. So when you reach out to these people, it's not like, oh, you know, I love your work. Like already have an understanding of what you're interested in, what, how you aim to um, extend on the, the, the types of efforts that they're currently engaging in. I'm not saying it's easy to do that and that it's equally accessible, but I'm just saying making those efforts to for, for summer research is really um, important. And it really connects you because in infectious disease modeling, it's a really small community. Everyone knows each other almost. So once you got yeah. your foot in, you really, you know, they'll connect you everywhere. Like, so um, yeah, that's what I Yeah, it, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I just... <laughs> So we were able to um, establish this kind of informal mentorship program at, mm -hmm. at my institution at Occidental. Mm -hmm. And I tell my mentees, they're first years and sophomores, I tell them all the time, like, just cold email. Like, it doesn't hurt to just yes. email and ask. Like, just do it. Like, trust yes. me. Like, what are they going to do? Not reply? <laughs> like, exactly. <fine>. Yes. <laughs> like, they're probably just busy, you know? Like, it's fine. Right. But, yeah. No. Yeah. I I'm glad oh, I'm definitely. hearing that from you, too. Yeah, I, I'm so glad I'm hearing that from you too. Just, you know, just email and try to get that research experience because, mm -hmm. well, you're also just not going to know what you want to get into unless you do it. You got you to try it. You got to try it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, across, yeah, definitely I'm the cold email proponent. Um, and I think I was saying before, making sure because sometimes, you know, they're so busy if they just see like a carbon copy type email. Not like CC, yeah. but like, uh, you know, same type of email. Um, they're just going to, you know, perhaps save it for later or not even look at it. So be very specific with um, what you aim to do and why your interests relate to theirs. I think. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, so are you good at R? I, I, I yeah. have to ask this. Are you good yeah. at it? Like, oh yeah, my gosh. Okay. What? 
at, at the conference, like I, I know some R and I was able uh-huh. to follow along, but yeah. uh, I'm a biostats TA. Uh-huh. And right now they're going through their final projects. Yeah. And it's so hard teaching R, especially when oh. you just like know how to do it instinctually. Right. You know? That's true. Oh, that's okay. That's also another good point. Um, I would say, so I, the same year I was doing research at, at my university, I had extra time. So I just like decided to start working on R because that was my sophomore year. Yeah. Or something. I had no exposure to R. So I had the time during the summer to really delve into R and I think that was really helpful because like you need that time, it, you know, there is like you're saying a learning curve a bit in the beginning. Right. But once you're in, you can go far. Oh, um, yeah. But that like pre-prep is really important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been telling um, people that it's so powerful. It's such a good yeah. skill to have. It's so marketable. Yes. And definitely marketable. Um, you just got to get through the steep curve, you know, <laughs> you get yeah, that's true. I mean, facts. Yeah. and it yeah. also it makes you more able to uh, work with other languages as well. Because I think fluency in R helped me a bit with my fluency. I'm not like at the level I am in R, but with Python as well. So I think um, that it's a really good stepping stone. Yeah, very similar syntax too is the funny part. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But what what did you use to learn R? Did you use R for data science? Did did you, you know, someone sent me an R for dummies book and I just don't touch it. Like I- (laughs) can't use it <laughs> like nah nah I ain't no dumb nah. I got it I'm gonna do R for data <laughs> I love it oh my god okay actually, that's a really, what did I I just like you know I pieced together all these different like YouTube and online I don't even know exactly what was that is a really good question it's a hodgepodge of things like, yeah yeah, you, you gotta be resourceful, you know. Like, yeah, you gotta be resourceful. That's that's the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I taught uh, myself how to use R using that book, and then just like watching YouTube tutorials and exactly. R Studio tutorials. Literally yeah. all I did. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyways, that's all, that's all the science questions, life questions I had for you. Did Did you have anything else that you uh, want to add by chance when it comes to I don't know maybe. Um, um, how we can be more inclusive, how we can improve diversity, uh, anything like that. Um, I think also um, for our field, trying to expand the scope of the kinds of questions we're willing to consider in our research to be cognizant of constraints that people face, social pressures and other barriers that um, marginalized communities face and really account for them in models and just in general research efforts. Um, Yeah, that's something I've been trying to talk through with our center. Um, And it's really important right now with the pandemic because it's very much, it's really showing you how social context really converges with how we're seeing the the biological aspects manifest. Do you know who Alondra Nelson is? Alondra Nelson, I've heard of Alondra. I don't, what, she's a professor yeah. or? Um, yeah, she's a, so she's a social scientist, but she's on the um, White House, White House <gasps> offices. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, okay. for, for science and technology. Yes, yes. You know 
Yeah. Yes. A lot of the stuff you're saying is directly aligned with, with what she says. Like yes. you got to design your experiment yeah. with the thought of the output and who it's affecting. Like you can't just right. do an in- experimental design without knowing that. Like you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. It's exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I read her um, statement or something, I was like, yes, this is the magic yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah. I bought her book right after that. I was like, yeah. You're the, I, I like you. I'm glad you're on this team. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, her book. Okay. Now I need to add that to my list. Yeah. JP. Here, I'll, I'll show you what it looks like. Of course. Of course. The social life of DNA. Okay. Good one. I love good it. One. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the intersectionality between um, mm-hmm. sociology and, and science. It's yeah. one of the things I'm really passionate about. Oh, that's about. great. Yes. We need <laughs> people like you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you <laughs> come on okay. all of yeah. us yeah <laughs> all of us together um, all of us together <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah 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 anything else that you'd want to talk about or I can move on to my fun questions now if you got nothing else <laughs> um we can yeah we can move on to the fun questions yeah. okay okay so um, let's say you are, you just pulled a Dr. Kuzmecki Corbett and just pulled us out of <laughs> another pandemic, right? Like, Tiggy, you're, you're on the headlines of everything. Like, yeah, we're like, we're throwing parties for you. Okay. Your name everywhere, all right? What is the first song you're playing to celebrate with your family, friends? You know, you just pulled us out of the, just a catastrophe. What are we, what are we, what are we, uh, what are we vibing to right now? Okay, we're vibing to Girl Put Your Records On by Corrine Bailey Ray. Yeah. <laughs> that's my jam, and that's like the perfect time. To... <laughs> that's yes. awesome. Yeah, I, I can just imagine just just windows down, driving down the yeah. street. Girl, put your records yeah. on. Yes. Oh, You're just going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Great choice. Great choice. <laughs> um next question mm-hmm. what is your favorite thing to do outside of science or outside of okay. modeling or whatever whatever have you um so I like to read I also like to write so um I've written novellas um and then I also love to write poetry so recently I've kind of been writing poetry that's aimed at um, shedding light to some of these issues that we've seen in infectious disease. So, so, so I'm hearing that you're going to be the scientist version of Amanda Gorman. Is that what I'm hearing? Stop. <laughs> I'll be my own self, Amanda. Be your own Amanda. Oh, you have the book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Amanda Gorman. Are you kidding me? Oh, One of my role book. models. <laughs> yeah, I pre ordered that right after. Um, Oh I, I saw her speech. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry to sorry to ruin that. Uh, but no, no, she's great. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Her presence is just um, fun fact. I've met her before, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm so angry because she's from yeah. LA. Like, I want to yeah. meet her so bad. Okay, Tiggy. If like, yeah. if, I don't know if you have any connection to her, but literally lock screen. She's my lock screen with her what? speech. Like, oh, are you bottom. serious? Oh my god, yeah. what? Yeah. I love like, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's you really need to meet her. I need to literally my role model. Oh my god. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but oh, any way uh, possible. Okay. I would love to okay, like Okay, I'm on it. 
<laughs> I got you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, um, favorite thing to do outside of science is, is really tap into your Amanda Gorman and, and write poetry <laughs> that, uh, I, I guess, shed light, shed light on these issues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the science. Yeah. The, the, the public health science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I grew up in and around LA. I grew mm-hmm. up in Glendale, Monterey Park, San Gabriel Valley. You know, I, I go to Playa del Rey a lot, Playa Vista. Um, what is your favorite food slash place to eat, or I guess favorite place to be in LA? Mm. So, okay, I'm one of those people who like it's really difficult to say my favorite. And I also <laughs> like I like you can say multiple. Around. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I like hopping cool. around different places in LA. So um, I like Olvera Street. I've been a lot recently. I'm not recently, recently, because I've tried to not like go places as much. Um, <laughs> but um, Olvera Street. And then there's also Ethiopia sometimes. Um, and and then just like, yeah, Marina Del Rey. Um, now I now have to... Recall. classic LA but like very yes. cultural LA like you, yes. you have the like like the yes. deep LA roots it, it seems like not yes. the like tourist LA yeah, yeah no, I love no. that I love yes that. yeah oh that's a good characterization <laughs> <laughs> the cultural roots of LA yeah Alvarez yeah. Street is one of my favorite places as well yes. <laughs> yeah um, yeah we should we should link up sometime I, I would be down to get like coffee and just hang out it'd be fun <laughs> should yeah if you're right here yeah. definitely yeah yeah when yeah. you said you were in LA I was like what <laughs> I thought you were on the east coast you're in Boston <laughs> no no yeah I like tend to be in Boston I'm yeah <laughs> yeah gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. yeah anyways that's that's really all I have it was meant to be a short and sweet little interview and, and just really uh uh I guess probe your mind and then pick your brain about you know uh, your perspectives and, and experiences uh, being who you are you know so mm-hmm. yeah, it's great chatting with you you're a good interviewer oh, <laughs> for great. sure i love that um, of course 